Hi, and welcome to Connecting the Dots, the podcast. My name is Cassie Hubert, and it's my pleasure to be hanging out with you today. This is the podcast about connection between creativity and motherhood, our relationships and our ability to perform for those of us who are performers. This is the conversation where we talk about the ways that we can more deeply connect. And if you are a creative professional mother, then you're most welcome. And if you're just a creative mother, then you're also in the right place. So tune in to these conversations and my thoughts about the nature of motherhood and creativity. So hi and welcome today to today's episode of Connecting the Dots. This is entitled Throw Out the Clock and it's about not letting time and that sense of the clock ticking rob you of your quality of life. I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you have a limited time window to make a decision, the pressure massively amps up. And this could be as simple as there's a product or a course available and they've got a sale, it's on for three days and you suddenly go, I'm aware that the time is ticking and I have to make a decision whether or not I want to buy this product. And when there's a time limit, you think, oh gosh, I I need to make this decision and it's going to run out sooner. So I need to, I need to decide. Now, if you already know that you want that product, it's a no brainer. It's not a problem that there's a time limit. You go, oh, there's a sale. That's fantastic. So providing you have the funds ready, you can click and buy and go ahead. Or in a shop, you can physically take something to the counter and buy something. I'm sure we will remember how that goes when we're allowed to do things again. But if you're not sure about whether or not you want the product or if it's a new thing that suddenly popped up on your radar because of its sale, it can be quite difficult and confusing to know whether you really want the product or whether you want it because you're aware of a scarcity of time. Now, this concept can affect so many areas of our lives. And I would argue that time is the biggest distorter of decision making. It's the biggest robber of a sense of our peace about making decisions. I remember years ago, long before I got married, there was a guy I really liked and I was conscious that I was going to be leaving the place where we were together. We were at college together and I wasn't sure if we were a right fit, but I really liked him. And then suddenly I was aware that the final term was coming to an end. And once I left, there was a chance we might not get together. And and would that be terrible? And, And I noticed the sudden pressure that had been massively amped up. And it was distorting my decision to work out whether or not I actually wanted to be with this guy or whether I was aware that as time was running out, he was the only opportunity. Now, as it happened, I was able to clock this and I paused and reflected and was like, actually, do you know what? We're kind of friends. If this is going to turn into something, it will. And if it isn't, then it won't. And just because time is running out, that is not a reason to jump into something or to try and jump into something when it might not be right. But I'm just feeling the pressure of time running out. This particular idea was first brought to my attention during an exercise at drama school. We were doing what's called a scene study. And for those of you who don't know, it's when you bring in loads of stuff and what we did anyway, brought in loads of stuff to try and create the scene space. And we were just inhabiting the space. And we were doing a scene that was like a precursor to A Streetcar Named Desire. And we were the two sisters getting ready for the date. And I was effectively playing the Blanche character and I was getting ready for a date. And my sister was in the room feeling irritated by it and slightly sabotaging it. And that was the exploration that we were going for. And I had done my homework. I imagined what the guy was like and I knew what I wanted to do and how the date was going to go and how I felt about him and all of that kind of thing. And when we were in the scene, 
I was aware that I was running late and I was charging about the place and kind of doing this. And when we stopped, the feedback wasn't my best. And our tutor at the time, who was absolutely right, he said, did you even do your kind of background? Did you even know what you were doing because you were charging about? And I said, yes, I'd done this and I'd done that. And I don't he's going. And then I said, and I was running late for the date. And, and he went, ah, oh, you put time in. And it totally distorted every other bit of qualitative work that you were doing. Your connection to the emotions of the character, the scene, the situation meant you weren't paying attention to how she was feeling as she was brushing her hair. And, you know, it was an improvisation. It wasn't meant to be a particular bit of script. But it was like he said, you just lost it. And there was nothing of any quality there because it was just frenetic and messy. And when I said that it was the thing about time and running late, he went, yeah, that's what robbed everything. It distorted all of your work because time is an overriding factor. And he was absolutely right. The next time we did it, I took that bit out of my head and, um, and we had a much better experience. And the scene kind of prep study thing was really cool. And I really found some stuff and that was much better. But it was really tough because I was trying to work out why I was getting told off for doing something so badly. And I was convinced that it wasn't meant to be that bad. And yet the truth was I had done exactly what he said. I'd let time rob me of the ability to really inhabit the present. And how often does that happen for us in life? How often does that happen for us in our relationships? I know with my children, when I am conscious that we have to get somewhere or do something or be on time for something or I have some overriding sense that we need to be doing something else or I've got to get something done, whether it's practical things around the house like laundry or cooking or shopping or whatever, or whether it's something like, I just don't feel I have the space for it. I don't engage. I'm not present. And I sort of hurry us through the interactions or the moments of connection. It's a bit like how when you're trying to get your kids to bed and suddenly one of them decides to start effectively a deeper, meaningful conversation with you. If you are convinced that the time is running out, you need to get them to bed so you can go downstairs and fix some stuff or watch television with your husband or whatever it is that you're wanting to do, then that moment of connection not only becomes an inconvenience, it's not something you can really lean into and you're unable to enjoy any quality that's available for you there because you're just trying to get through it and and then you miss stuff. And what I find is when I've gone, all right, so this is not a moment for pushing through that. Do you know what? The television can wait or ultimately if I don't clear the sides up, it's not going to kill anyone. I can do it in the morning. Then I have the opportunity to actually lean in and so often it's those conversations just before my eldest is about to go to bed, is tired or suddenly decides to start thinking about it because she's relaxed and something's popped up in her mind and she wants to unpack it. And that is a real moment as a mum to lean in and make that connection and really sit with it. Sometimes it's just, you know, I saw this on Horrible Histories, mum, and I don't know how I feel about it. And sometimes it's something that she's much more concerned about or worried about. And it's an opportunity to really connect with her and reassure her or talk something out that maybe needs to be unraveled a little bit. Something else I've found that feeling of time gets in the way is growing older. Now I am in my mid-30s, heading towards my later 30s, and there is a feeling of, oh my gosh, it's not so many years before I'm 40. What have I done with my career? What have I got to show for it? And the truth is, I've actually got loads to show for it. I've got my life, not specifically my career, but I've got loads to show for my life. I've been married for over 10 years. I have four kids. We've been through a lot. We've lost a baby. We've processed loads. I have kids with extra needs. We've navigated some of that. My eldest is growing up beautifully. And you know what? That is a lot to show for my time. 
But when you feel like you're not where you thought you should be at this point, then suddenly the sense of time, especially time running out, makes you feel inadequate, makes you feel like what you're doing is not valuable or worthwhile. I remember getting to 30 and feeling completely different because I am achieving and have achieved all the things I really wanted to be doing by the time I was 30. For me, one of the things I'd really wanted was to be married and have had kids, which was exactly what I had done. I was pregnant with my third at that point and I was happily married and I had done some professional work in my field and so it was all right and I was really pleased with that. And so turning 30 didn't feel like this big scary milestone. But interestingly, not being so far away from 40, it's a slightly different story. And I have to remind myself that 40 does not mean the end of life. I'm not quite there yet. I've got a few years yet, but it doesn't mean the end of life. And if I think that I'm going to live to about 85, 90, I'm not even quite halfway. Now I know your energy runs a bit lower as you get older, but truly I have a lot of space to do exciting things. And I'm currently in the middle of exciting things with my family. So it's not like I haven't got anything worthwhile to show for it. But there's that ticking clock that makes you feel like time's running out. Now, if you're a dancer or a a footballer or something like that, then there is a slight physical time limit on how long you are going to be at peak physicality to do your job. But I'm an actor. I can grow into it. I've got loads of time to do stuff. And vocally, yeah, maybe once I'm past 65, I might not be quite so sharp vocally if I keep working at it because, you know, the voice starts to warble potentially. But there's nothing to say I can't still sing. But acting wise, you could grow old in it. It's beautiful. So when I have those miniature panics that, oh, I'm not where I thought I would be by the time I'm here, is my life over as I know it? Actually, that's a moment when time is hopping in to just completely rob me of any peace and is distorting my ability to see what is in front of me, what I have accomplished and how much more time there is really to do stuff. If right now you are in the season of mothering little ones, do you know what? That is an all-consuming season. And I can choose to panic that I'm not doing everything else I think I should be doing and miss this season and then probably not do it anything like as well as I could. Or I can choose to say, clock, I'm just going to ignore you. Time is not going to dictate my quality of life. I am here. I'm going to lean into these moments where my younger daughter wants to bring me bits of paper and goodness knows what else and get me to stick the wings on because currently she's in a season where all she wants to do is make fairies out of paper and kind of combinations of paper and toys and you know what I can lean into this moment and rather than going okay this is great but I really wish I was writing a musical or I really wish I was performing or what if I'm doing this and I haven't made my name big and famous by now do you know what if my name is going to be big and famous it'll get big and famous it's going to have very little to do with me other than me being diligent at what is in front of me there's a beautiful scripture in the Bible that says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. So often, so much of what we do, we're afraid of the smallness and the beginnerness of it. So many things start tiny, seeds go in the ground, and so much of that work happens in the darkness, away from what we can see. And then tiny shoots come up and little bits of harvest begin to show and you still go, but it's not big, it's not big yet, but it takes time. Plants don't grow overnight. I guess what I'd like to say to you today and encourage you in is you probably have some really big dreams. Maybe they are dreams to really invest in your family. Maybe they're dreams to really pursue your career. Maybe they're both. I've always wanted both. And I think where I struggle sometimes is that 
moment to moment thinking, well, if I'm right in the thick of this, it's not quite as exciting as I imagined. So I should be doing that. We so often look over the fence and see the grass greener. And the truth is we forget that there's a lot of mud and manure gone in to make that grass really beautifully green. And when we're afraid that we are no longer going to be creatively relevant because time is running out and somehow once we hit 40, especially as women, we are going to be completely uninteresting to the rest of the world. Well, that is a big fat load of piffle. What is worth having has often got very deep roots and it takes time to grow. Now, yeah, we are all on this planet and we have limited time. We are not here forever, but we are here to be present and to really engage in what's in front of us and trust that if we are going to let that fear of time ticking away dictate to us what we should be doing, we will struggle to engage with anything meaningfully and really see beautiful quality emerge. So over this coming week, I would love for you to just clock yourself where you are letting that clock tell you that you are running out of time and choose to really be present. You can't do anything about the passing of time anyway, so you might as well stop worrying about it and engage with what is in front of you. Because if you're faithful with what's in your hand, you will graduate to what's in your heart and will have roots that sustain it for longer. So thank you so much for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to host this and I hope it has blessed you. If you would like to connect further, then hop on over to my website at www.createperformandmother.com where you can sign up to my email list and receive regular emails, more insights, see the blog and generally know what's going on. If you would like to support the podcast, you can hop on over to my Buy Me A Coffee page, which you can also access from the main website. And you have the option to support either in a one-off donation or from as little as a pound a month. And every little bit helps. So I am so grateful for all my supporters. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with me on social, then my handles are all below. I'm on Instagram and Twitter most often. So do join me over there. And I would love to hear from you, hear how you're getting on, know what is inspiring and challenging you in your creative motherhood. It's always a pleasure to make connections and, you know, meet other people in the same boat. So all that is left is for me to wish you a wonderful week full of opportunities for meaningful work and intentional family. God bless.